welcome to High Tide, Low Tide, the podcast where we talk about all things mental health and where we share our stories with the knowledge that it could just be the lifeline of hope for someone who is hurting and afraid that they're the only one. I'm your host, Lisa Scanlon, and I am so glad that you're here with me today. Hey guys, and happy Wednesday if you are listening to this podcast on the day that it goes live. I just thought that I would come on here and just give you guys a little bit of a wrap up of what has been the hectic last couple of weeks for me. I think um, from time to time, I might just add some things in before my episodes just to let you know sort of what I've been up to and different things that I've been doing, especially in the mental health space. So um, this will be the first week of that um, before we get into the episode with Zoe. So if you've been following along on my Instagram page, either my personal one or the high tide, low tide one, you may have seen that I went on my fundraising trek. So I was fundraising for Breakthrough Foundation, who are a not-for-profit that are based here in Adelaide, but look after or um, service, I suppose, um, the entire country. And they are incredible. I kind of stumbled across them last year when I was doing the fundraiser for men's mental health last year. Um, Somebody recommended that I get in contact with them. And I met the wonderful John Mannion, who is the CEO for Breakthrough Foundation. And he is also the mental health commissioner for South Australia. And he's just an all-around amazing guy. And since then, I've obviously met the team. And yeah, from the moment that I started, you know, talking to them and working alongside them, it just felt very right. So they do a bunch of different things. They organize community events or community fundraisers. They hold uh, mental health first aid training, which I completed with them. They also sponsor research grants. Um, in different areas of mental health. So that's where um, a lot of the fundraising money sometimes will go to. And so one of the other things that they do is this fundraising track. Um, This is the second year that they've done it. So we went to um, and did the Larapinta Trail, which is in the West McDonald Ranges in the Northern Territory. And then there was a small group of us who went and did it. And as a part of that, we had to fundraise X amount. And also it, it cost us money to go and do this trip as well. So you really wanted to be invested and really wanted to be there. So it was five days and it was approximately 65 kilometers of trekking. And now I've never done any camping or any hiking like this at all. So this was, you know, whilst I think I am fit, it still was something very different to anything I've done before. And I was very worried about uh, the lack of toilets and things like this. But when it came down to it, um, oh my God, like it was the most amazing experience. I had such a good time. The camping side of things was actually easier than I thought it was. We had a base camp that we actually went out of every day. The hiking part was actually harder than I thought it was going to be. I do a lot of walking, but obviously this was a lot of up and a lot of down and a lot of like long times spent walking and long times on your feet. So there was like multiple days where I was like, hey, I've had enough now. I want to get off the ride. I'm going to throw my toys out of the 
chair or whatever it is. But, you know, when it comes down to it, there's nothing you can do other than keep walking. (laughs) So like it was definitely like a mental battle to kind of get through that. But it was so rewarding and the group really bonded and every day you'd be sort of walking next to someone else and talking about everything in your life and hearing different people's perspective on things was really just incredible. It was a once in a lifetime opportunity and I'm really, really glad I went. Definitely learned a lot about myself. There was one day where I legitimately got lost, like actual lost (laughs) like oh my goodness this is such a ridiculous story but so there were certain times where our guide our wonderful wonderful guide Emmy she would be like okay maybe you know you guys might want to like take part of the trail back take it on your own go into your head see how you're feeling whatever and so I decided I would do that and she did pre-warn us about this fork in the road somewhere and you know, when I was walking, like I didn't even see the fork. I just kept walking and I went the wrong way and they were walking behind me, but there was a bit of a gap. And so I walked and then I was like walking. And then all of a sudden I was like, this doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right. But at the same time, I could see footprints in front of me that weren't mine. And I was like, no, no, people must've gone this way. There's footprints here. And so I kept going. And then I was like, yeah, this, this doesn't look right. So I turned around and I went back. And then I found lots of footprints again. And I was like, no, this has to be the right way. So then I turned around and went back the wrong way again. And then I did the same thing. And then I started to panic a little bit. And then so I came off of the trail, which is literally the worst thing I probably could have done. And then I was like looking around, I couldn't see anyone, I couldn't hear anyone. And I was like, okay, this is bad. This is really bad. It's the middle of the day. I'm lost. I'm so embarrassed. They're going to have to send out a search party. I'm hot and everything looks the same. And I just, yeah, started like I had a mini panic. I may have cried, which isn't, you know, surprising really. Anyway, So then I was like, okay, no, let's think this through. Let's, you know, what is the best thing I can do right now? So I decided that I would just keep going backwards. At least if I kept going backwards, then I'm going to find someone. There was other people on the trail anyway. So back I go, back along all these steps, I see all the footprints and whatever, and I found that fork in the road. (laughs) And I was like, cool, I fucked it up. (laughs) I did what she told us not to do. And I was like mortified. Anyway, so then I kept going and um, eventually the rest of the group had gotten to the end and then realized I wasn't there and started coming back to look for me. <laughs> but anyway, I was really proud of myself for the fact that like I didn't panic, panic. I just had a moment and then I stopped and I thought it through and I figured out what the best thing to do was. So whilst it was like mildly traumatic, it was also like, oh, hey, like I can actually work through this stuff and I can actually trust myself in that kind of situation. So that was really good. So like all in all, this trip was absolutely amazing. I imagine they'll be running it again next year. So if anyone is interested, please reach out, send me a message. I can tell you all the details. I can put you onto Breakthrough Foundation And yeah, definitely, definitely recommend. It was amazing. 
So I went on that trip. So that was a week. And then I came back and I went back to work for two days. And then I flew out to Indonesia. So for anyone who doesn't know, I lived in Indonesia for like five or six years on a little little tropical island called Gili Tawangan, which is part of Lombok. And it's just off of like about an hour and a half boat ride from Bali. So no one knew I was coming. When I left Indonesia two years ago, I was leaving for three or four months while COVID blew over. And as we all know how that story goes, it's now been over two years since I had been to the island. And I have a lot of really close friends that are still there who've stayed there for most of that time or they've you know gone off somewhere else and now they've come back. It's my home. That place feels more like home than Adelaide does. Although I kind of feel like I do have two homes now because I'm pretty settled here, but still. So the only person, I only told one person, her name was Casey, um, because I needed someone on the ground to be able to help me orchestrate this. So um, on the Wednesday morning, I had my first alarm at three o'clock. I had a 6 a.m. flight to Bali. So it's like a five hour flight. And then so I could get there on the same day. I got a domestic flight to Lombok, but I had a long layover, had about a four hour layover there. And actually the domestic terminal in Bali is actually really nice. So then that was a half an hour flight to Lombok where my most amazing driver in Lombok picked me up. And then it's about a two hour car ride over to uh, the harbour where the most amazing speedboat, Daddy, he was waiting for me to take me over to uh, the island, which is like a, I don't know, 10 minute speedboat ride. So I managed to get there at about 7pm, I think, their time. So that's about 8.30. So I spent from 3am to 7.30pm in transit to get there for that night. And I tell you, Casey had organised for some of the girls to be waiting on the beach for me um, so that I could make this grand entrance. And I tell you what, it did not disappoint. The screams that came from Veronica's mouth and the hugs that came from, you know, the rest of them, Rose and Sham was there, was just absolutely incredible. Like, I will never forget that feeling. The only person, well, the, the other person that was missing from that moment was my friend, Cassie. Now, Casey had tried to get Cassie there, but Cassie had a pedicure booked in. <laughs> so she wasn't there when I arrived. But then she came, I think, oh, I don't know, maybe like half an hour after I arrived, but she just walked up to the table and she did not realise I was there at first. And she pretty much had a heart attack. <laughs> Um, I've got the videos, so I'm going to have to post those, but it was just the best feeling. I love being able to surprise people. And that was just absolutely amazing. And then honestly, like I spent the week diving. So I was diving with Truangan Dive Center or TDC. So highly recommend if you are going over to the island, go in and see um, Adam and Sarah, go in and see Cassie and Rose. They work there and they'll take care of you. So conditions were amazing, you know, 30 degree water, 30 meter visibility, turtles, Nemo, sharks, a wreck. It was just, yeah, really amazing. Even though I've dove those sites many, many times, it was just incredible to be back there. So yeah, lots of diving, lots of watching the sunset, lots of eating nasi goreng and mee goreng and going to see the nasi lady. Um, if you ever go over... 
ask everybody how to find the Nassie lady. She is next to Gilly Divers on the beach and she is amazing. So it just felt really amazing to finally be back there. It was like, it felt like I had been gone forever, but gone for the blink of an eye at the same time. And I guess that's what a home should feel like. So I've just had the most incredible couple of weeks. It was really needed. And yeah, considering I thought I was leaving for, you know, a few months and now it's been two years, it was just so incredible to get back over to the island. So if anyone is thinking about going to Bali or going to Indonesia, I definitely recommend going over to Gili Chawangan. Um, It's not that hard to get over there. If you want more info, please feel free to send me a DM or an email and I'll be more than happy to tell you all the amazing places to go. So yeah, I think that's um, enough about me in my last couple of weeks. How's about we go and get into this next episode? Just a little reminder here, guys, that we are discussing mental health in this episode, so we may touch on things like suicide or self-harm, which may be a trigger for you. As always, I'll put resources in the show notes or know that you can call Lifeline 24-7 on 13 11 14. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of High Tide, Low Tide. I could not be more excited than I am right now because I'm actually recording with one of my very best friends, Zoe or Zmac. So welcome to the episode, girlfriend. Uh Hi, thanks for having me. I'm very, very excited um, and I really can't wait for us to talk through everything today. I can't stop smiling, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking at you and smiling and I should not. Y'all can't see it. (laughs) So first of all, I like to ask people um, how we know each other um, Mm -hmm. and then I compare what I think how we know each other and it's funny. So how have you and I become friends? My very simple explanation for this is the peninsula. (laughs) We know each other because we know people in the peninsula and that's, that's how we know each other. But many, many moons ago we started having Wednesday night dinners and then mm-hmm. it just happened from there and every week we would bring an ingredient and have a Wednesday night girl sesh and yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah definitely it's like we didn't go to school together or anything no. like that it's just friends through friends I would say probably through Belinda yeah yeah um, is the that. connect um so then we would you know, see each other out on a Friday or Saturday night. (laughs) Every Friday, Saturday (laughs) night. (laughs) And then, yeah, eventually we started having dinners together on a Wednesday and, yeah, every everybody would get one ingredient that they had to bring for dinner. And then we so we would have it at somebody's house and someone would cook. And always when you would cook, Zoe, it was like a five-star <laughs> meal compared to when we had tacos oh, at my place. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, yeah, we've just become really close since then. And I think that's really cool. Like it's really beautiful to know that like our group of friends is such a like – I don't know, mixed bag, I think. Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of us sort of just came together like randomly into yeah, each other's randomly. Lives. Yeah. Which is really cool. So that's how we know each other. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Okay. Well, I'm Zoe. I am a kindy teacher. Um uh, my interest really is cooking, like you said. Like I love cooking anything that involves food. Um, and if that's paired with like a nice wine or gin or a craft beer, then yes. I'm definitely interested. Um, I'm also into music, I guess, like everyone, I guess. <laughs> I said that a lot. 
sorry. And yeah, so I was diagnosed with alopecia at age 30. Um, and then at age 35, um, I'm currently a breast cancer fighter. So currently going through my diagnosis of breast cancer. Yeah. So you've had a lot go on in the last five, five years. years. Yeah. Yep. Which is incredible. Had a bit on the plate. But Absolutely. Yeah. So let's take it back because I think obviously both of those things are going to tie into what is your mental health yeah, journey definitely. and your story. So where would it start? Would it have started prior to that diagnosis, the original um, one in, when you were uh, 10 to 30? Yeah, I think definitely I always had – so with, with the way that I dealt with a lot of my mental health issues was just like grab a friend and go to the pub and, and have a drink and, and – then you wouldn't think about it. Um, so there was definitely some mental health stuff going on, but my relationship with it, I wasn't aware of, of what it was, if it was mental health or if it was just like me being a person in my 20s that partied a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't really think or label it before my alopecia diagnosis. So. Yeah. So, Zoe, for anyone who's listening who might not have heard of alopecia before or might know, not know what it is, can you just give us a little bit of an explanation? Alopecia is an autoimmune disease yep. um, and it's just either a, a patch of hair loss or, or all over hair loss um, that can happen suddenly or if it can happen over a long period of time. Okay, cool. And I think I read before that it's approximately one to two percent of yeah. the of Australians, of Australians are yeah. currently living with um, some form of alopecia. Yeah. So um, before you actually received the the diagnosis for the alopecia, what else had been happening at that time? Um, so I think at the time I didn't think that I was overly stressed or anything was was getting on top of me. Again, I didn't really have the tools to assess that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had I had just left a high-stress, um, low-paying job, um, started studying full-time, so really took a lot of pressure on myself to, to get it right um, and then took on a lot of the financial pressures of studying full-time. Um, yeah. At one point I was working three three casual jobs just juggling to pay the bills yeah um and one was really um late night which I guess sleep is a big deal which I've realized absolutely I was in a relationship at the time um and I just felt really sort of isolated and and alone yeah 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 and yeah I think those kind of things you know at the time you think, okay, well, this is the norm because it's all I know mm, and you're yeah. just doing it day in and day out and it just feels normal. But when you look back and you start thinking about those things and if I was to write that out on the list, we'd start checking things off for like a, a depression, yeah, <laughs> yeah, signs and symptoms, you know. There's a lot of things going on. Absolutely. Let's go back. How did you first, you know, start noticing that something was wrong? Um, yeah, so randomly I just, I was about to go overseas actually and found just a little like 20 cent piece bald spot in my hair. Didn't think too much of it because like you would know that I had such thick such hair. Thick, the <laughs> such, thickest of thick hair. Such thick hair. So I didn't think anything of it. I thought, oh, even if it was a little bald patch, then I could definitely hide it. That's fine. Yeah. So, so it was like at the back, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. At the back. Um, but yeah, one led to another and then... Yeah, over the year I lost my hair. Yeah. So from noticing that you had originally the the one spot, about 20 cents or so, 
how quickly did that progress into the next one? So I noticed it just getting bigger and bigger like right. by the weeks and then, yeah, some other ones would pop up. So it, it took 12 months for that little 20-cent piece to be my whole head. Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite like fast really yeah. if you think about it. And so when you noticed it, what did you think was happening? Did you have any idea or what did you do? I had no idea. I didn't know what alopecia was. And then I went to the doctor and to be honest, the doctor really didn't know much about it. So yeah. he put me on to a dermatologist, but yeah, nothing really came from that. Yeah. So you went to see the dermatologist and what did they have to offer? Um, so all they could offer me was no explanation. Nobody really knows what. Wow alopecia is and why it happens to certain people. Okay. Um, which is very frustrating because oh, all you want is some answers or even some things to help cure it. But yeah. everything, it depends on some people, some people hair, <laughs> wow, some people's hair grows back and then others it just doesn't and they don't know why. Um, okay. Which, yeah, no answers is very, very frustrating. Absolutely. Um, but I was put on like steroid injections, which was like super painful. Was that to the site? Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So into your scalp? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So steroid head injections, which... How often? Uh, they were happening every couple of weeks, every two weeks. And was that one needle? No, no. It was like several wow. in each spot. Yeah. Yeah. It was like getting, I guess, the tattoo in that area. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so that... That unfortunately didn't do anything. No, nothing at all. And so from then, that's when she put me on like a really high dose of steroids. Yeah. Um. Again, didn't give me much information about it. Just was like, oh, here, have this. She actually said, um, this will make you might make you feel a bit high. And I was like, oh, sick. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, I wasn't prepared for what the side effects, side effects of the steroids were because it was such a really really high dose, and I had no idea. I just did as the doctor said. Yeah. And um, so that was an oral. Yeah. And that was once a day. Yeah, but like several tablets a day. Okay. So it was a lot. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until like I sort of downloaded the PDF of that certain steroid that yeah. I read like side effects, major depression. I'm like, oh, oh. okay. <laughs> so aside from the depression, which of course I'll circle back to, what other kind of um, side effects were you having? I definitely major mood change, um, yeah. like a downward mood change. Um, there was like physical. I had this massive Roger Ramjet square jaw, <laughs> which was nice. Um, so actually physically changed the shape yeah, of your jaw. Yeah. That's crazy. And I was getting um, more solid. <laughs> okay. For a nice way to put that. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. There's a lot of side effects that I wasn't yeah. really told about, which sucked. Yeah. So obviously one of the major side effects that you had from those steroids was the depression. Yeah, yeah. Um, whether it was underlying from the past or not. Yeah, still exactly. Still this is obviously brought it to a head. What did that depression look like for you? Um, so I was, I was just very angry. I was, <laughs> I was playing football at the time and I was just wanted to pretty much fight everyone on the field. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of darkness, like there was no real joy or happiness, like there was no light. Everything was sort of doom and gloom and and sad and downward and like you would know that I'm a pretty pretty happy person. You are, yes. Um, and to just be constantly sad for like weeks on end mm -hmm. um, 
without anything sort of making it better or or making you feel better. It was just, yeah. Yeah. A pretty rough time. That constant, yeah, feeling of sadness and anger looming over you. Yeah. 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 And things that would normally bring you joy just didn't. And yeah, it was just a, a downward spiral of grief and sadness. Yeah. Yeah. Because we do, uh, like, I feel like I've learned a lot watching you go through what you've been through. And I feel like as as women, um, you attach a lot of your identity to your physical appearance. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I just think for myself like you know when if I was to describe myself one of the things I would use to describe myself is blonde yeah <laughs> which Definitely. is an attachment to my hair yeah um and so I can only imagine the like you just mentioned before the word grief yeah and I feel like for myself if I'd been going through I would have felt a sense of grief because I was attaching my hair to my identity yeah you, you definitely lose all of your identity and how you see yourself I also attached um, a lot of my femininity to my hair and yeah. I thought if I lost that, then how would I feel feminine again, Yeah, um, which was really hard. But there's also things just like when I would walk past a, a shiny surface, I didn't know who that was, like I didn't recognise myself or my reflection. So there was a huge loss of, of, of identity and, yeah, yeah you, you sort of felt like if I'm not the girl with the thick hair that I have been for 30 years, yeah. who am I? So, yeah. Yeah, that would have been very difficult to sort of go through and process mm. because you lost all of your, your the hair on your head. Yeah. You also lost your hair everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So your eyebrows and eyelashes and, and everything. Yeah, which I think was like obviously losing my hair was, was very hard. But once that was off, I sort of felt this feeling of um, like liberation, like I've got um, no hair, look at me. But when I lost my eyebrows and my eyelashes, that was so much harder because that was something that I couldn't really hide or... Yeah. Yeah, and it was another thing that I was losing that everyone had already given me a lot of love and support and sympathy for losing my hair. Um, but then I'm like, oh, it's still going. Like, still, there's yeah. still this happening. Next chapter. Next chapter. Um, and, yeah, your eyebrows, is it's your face. It's like yeah. how people recognise you and your lashes and... Yeah. Yeah, so it's, again, a huge blow to your identity if you can't even recognise your own face. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know, I remember thinking of you going through that at that time and I just, you know, I really obviously, I, you're, I love you, you're one of my <laughs> best friends and I just, you know, when you put your, try to put yourself in someone's shoes and think, you know, what it must be like for them that must have been such a difficult time and yeah you are one of the strongest people that I know so I'm very proud of you oh, for all of you. that but so, yeah it's it's hard even to hear that sometimes because yeah. you just you're just waking up and facing your day like being strong you don't really have a choice you just yeah that's just what you have to do yeah yeah well I think you're strong anyway. <laughs> <laughs> thanks Lisa <laughs> So obviously, you know, you're going through all of this and you're, you know, trying to get through every day and you're um, not feeling so great mentally, feeling um, depressed and a bit sad and all of that. Was there like a main or like was there a lowest of lows moment that you can remember? Yeah, so I think after I um, shaved my head, 
about two days after that, my relationship that I was in at the time broke down, yeah. um, which was really hard because, like, breakups suck as it is. 100%. But I was always just so genuinely scared of being single and bald. Yeah. Um, especially in the, the world of um, dating apps where you literally are judging people by how they look. So I had broken up with my partner at the time and then um, with all the steroids and stuff, I wasn't getting, like, any sleep whatsoever oh. at all. So... Um, things were really, really rough and I was, mm-hmm. yeah, really, really sad. I, um, I knew that something was up when I was like ignoring calls from everyone and not really replying to messages. Right. Um, but I was also super angry. Like I was just an angry person. And at that time I, I definitely felt like I was that frantic person drowning and anyone that was coming close to me, I was grabbing them and bringing them down with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was definitely some very <laughs> snide, un, unintentionally mean yeah. little comments that I would say yeah. um, to people. I know a lot of things were triggering to me, like yeah. when people were getting ready and they were saying like, oh, I'm so ugly. I'm like, God, if you think you're ugly, you've got your eyebrows. Yeah. Um, so there yeah. was stuff like that. That wasn't a personal attack on yeah. me, but I was definitely. Unintentional. Yeah. yeah. And I was taking offense to things like that. I think um, that's so normal though. Mm. Like, um, you know, you're saying it right now and almost I feel like you're being quite hard on yourself. You're one <laughs> of the kindest people I know. So, like, you know, <laughs> you wouldn't have ever meant that. But, like, you were trying to deal with things as best as you possibly could at that time. Yeah. At and that time that's all the, the skills that I had to deal with it. Yeah. But And it would piss me off as well. <laughs> like, you know, it like if you're going through something and then other people are making comments unintentionally, of course that's going to trigger you. Yeah, yeah, definitely did. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't remember the actual point where I thought, oh, I should probably speak to someone about this. Yeah. But it was just um, a, a constant sadness. Yeah. I remember um, I didn't even want to like look in the mirror or anything like that. Mm. Um, I used to wear a beanie in the shower like did you it would have been so moist it was and I don't know why I did it um because no one else was there I just yeah yeah and I remember because I would go to work I would always wear a beanie always have a beanie on um and then it started to get warm and I was like oh shit what do I do now yeah um so I experimented with some headscarves which worked really well um but then I would find myself defensive if someone was like oh I like your headscarf I'm like I'm bald oh (laughs) Not just, oh, thank you. That's really nice. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think because of my positive outlook on life, I realised how unpositive I was being. So yeah. that's when I decided to go speak to someone and the best thing that I ever did. Yay. <laughs> I'm all for speaking to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was that process like when you, you had obviously decided, all right, I need to do something now? Yeah. What was the next step? Um, so I just went to the GP and it wasn't an, a GP that I go to like all Regularly. the time. So it was just a, a random GP. And then I at, I think it's changed now, but I filled out a little questionnaire about... Um, on a scale of one to, to five, one to five. Yeah. all the time. Um, and it wasn't until I filled that out that I'm like, oh, wow, I, that's... They're pretty high scores and yeah. the, the doctor actually said that, like, oh, these are pretty high. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm really fucking sad, man. <laughs> really fucking sad. And then, yeah, I was just lucky that I got into the psychologist that was in the building at the time and had some availability and oh, we so good. clicked. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. 
I wasn't too sure um, that I would know what I was what <laughs> I didn't know what I was expecting. But yeah, yeah, it was it so was you, a daunting thing, but oh, definitely. Mm. Um, so you had never seen a psychologist prior no, to that, never. Okay, and how fast after the GP did you manage to get in? I got in within a week. That's so good. That's unheard of these days. It but yeah, it was. I think he might have just started or something there. Yeah. So I, I got lucky. Yeah. And so you clicked with this one as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which again, I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, walked in there, and I think as soon as I sat down on the couch, just constant tears. Yes. Um, what happens? Like those couches, <laughs> I swear to God, have like some kind of magic material they're made of that as soon as you sit in them, you're like. <laughs> <laughs> I do it every time, I it's swear. It's a, a therapeutic cry. Yes. A very expensive therapeutic yeah. <laughs> cry. Um, so how often were you seeing him? Um, I was seeing him once every two weeks to begin with and then mm-hmm. that went on to I think once a month, Yeah, um, which was very beneficial. But I think all I wanted to do was be heard and be validated. Like, Yeah. Um, and even if he, he gave me some hints and tips, which were very helpful, but I think at, at that time I wanted to just say the universe sucks and he said yeah it does yeah <laughs> and that's all I needed yeah mm. yeah and I think that's like there's so much power in being able to just speak to someone without having to like they're just impartial yeah yeah and they just have an unbiased opinion yeah. which is nice and like you said just to be able to be heard yeah as well because a lot of the stuff he says is probably what you girls have said to me yeah but um he's a a registered psychologist. So yeah. I'm a listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit like that though. Like, you know, we will listen to our friends and our family say something and we're like, mm, I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> but they're going to love you no matter what. Like, yeah. I even feel like, I'm like, hey guys, I need to hide a body. All of you will be like, all right, let's go. No problems. <laughs> I'll get my shovel. <laughs> Where, Where is, are we going? <laughs> there is this person has an unbiased opinion of me and if I'd told him money to hide a body, he probably wouldn't help me. <laughs> He'd probably um, have to mandatorily <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> report you to, to the report police. Something. So, yeah. But I watch a lot of crime shows and I do know <laughs> how to like hide a body without leaving any <laughs> DNA behind. So, holler at your girl if um, you're ever in that position. I swear. <laughs> okay, so you started seeing the psychologist and obviously mm-hmm. things started to get a bit better. Yeah. Yeah, um, just gained, I guess, a bit more acceptance um, mm-hmm. of everything. And there was just a lot of things that, like, obviously alopecia wasn't in my control, but there were a lot of changes that I could make that were in my control. So yeah, I, like, immediately stopped drinking. Like I said before, I, it was a pretty unhealthy way of dealing with my issues. I'd go to the pub. Um, So I just, yeah, completely stopped drinking for about six months. Um, And even now I'm not really a big drinker. Just have. do like to dabble in a in a nice gin, in a lovely gin, a lovely gin, as <laughs> a little nice special treat, craft beer. Yeah, Zoe, myself, and Kirsty have a little separate group chat away from the other girls. Yeah, I know it's not called secret. Beer Club. Beer Club. And so when we have um, different craft beers that we try, we post them in there and talk <laughs> about it. Or we catch up and share one because craft beers, you often don't want to have a whole can. No, not with the nine percenters. No, <laughs> really drunk after one. So we like to meet up and share them. So anyway, so yeah, obviously things started to get a little bit 
better. Yeah, yeah. We're not drinking so much. Not drinking. um, And I changed my diet. I started eating really, really well. Okay. Um, Again, something within my control. Yeah. Um, I started exercising, which never been big on that, but (laughs) here we are. Yeah. Um, And I, yeah, started playing footy, which was really cool. Yeah. Something with for the socials and for the exercise. It was yeah. good for the soul. A good, nice little outlet as yeah. well, for sure. Yeah, and got to meet a whole bunch of new people that had only known me bald. Whereas, right. yeah, there's a lot of people that knew me as the thick-haired girl and now these yeah. people like would know me just as Zoe with alopecia or yeah. Zoe that plays footy. Yeah, just <laughs> Zoe. Zoe. Z-Mac. <laughs> yes. Um, so... Aside from those things, what are other ways that you now take care of your mental health as well? Yeah, so I started a little happy playlist, which was really nice. Oh, so on Spotify? Yes, Ooh. yes. I wake up Might in have the to morning. Share it. <laughs> Especially on like the bad days, it's just nice to get going. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I remember speaking to my ther- therapist about it saying, oh, I think I'm addicted to that now. And he goes, well, there's a lot worse things to be addicted to. So yeah. having a yeah. happy playlist is fine. Definitely. <laughs> Which is nice. What kind of artists are on there? Uh, well, Ballpark Music, obviously. Nice to be like. Of course. Um, there's some Dan Sultan. I think Vera Blue I put on after a breakup. And <laughs> was that Wafia? There's some yeah. nice girl beats on there. Lovely. Which is nice. Yeah. Um, another thing that I did, um, because like we were saying the stats before about alopecia, is it is quite rare. Um, mm. So it was like as lovely as everyone has been. Everyone's been amazing and supportive. Um, my friends and family, it was hard to connect with anyone about like the feeling of that. Yeah. So yeah, I went online and started my own little alopecia Instagram and then I only follow like other people with alopecia. Yeah. So my alopecia community is, is pretty much all online. Amazing. Um, yeah. And I'm connected to people all over the world and mm-hmm. um, I want to say it's, it's so nice, but it's, that's a horrible thing. You wouldn't wish alopecia on anyone, but it's comforting. It's a very comforting thing to Definitely. go through this in real time with people like your own age and in the same like circumstances as you, um, yeah. especially because, yeah, I couldn't tell you another person. with. You don't know anybody else here? Not in Adelaide. There's yeah. um, a support group and I think in South Australia, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, none of my close friends or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. So that's like... I mean, I feel like social media and, you know, the internet and all of it gets a really bad rap it does, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but then you, I know I listened to you say that and without – that's on Instagram, right? Yeah. So yeah. without that, you know, you wouldn't have been able to make the, that connection with other people and yeah. feel understood and, and heard in the yeah. same way and been able to – also yourself help people because I've seen what you post on there as well I follow you (laughs) of course so like you're helping other people who are now going through that as well by putting that out there and none of that would have been possible without yeah exactly Exactly. not in the same way nah without the same reach it can do some good it can connect people (laughs) yes so like now with your alopecia so there's no like quote unquote cure yeah for no, it no no known yeah agreed there's a lot of people with differing opinion opinions yeah but no um yeah cure yeah to say yeah and so and also you don't know it could cut your hair could grow back yeah. or it may not yeah and may or may not yeah who knows yeah which is is very frustrating in itself there's no 
definitive answer. Will this happen? If I yeah. do this, will this happen? You don't know. And I guess that's yeah. a really frustrating part about it all. Yeah. So do you feel like you've just, you're, you've accepted it now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I suppose like after all, it's been what, five years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know where to get my good eyebrows from. I know yeah. where to get the good lashes. Um, yeah. You've I've, got some awesome wigs yeah, as well. Yeah, invest, investing is is the key point there, yeah. um, which was really hard because when I was diagnosed I was like a full-time student, so yeah. very poor. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely worth investing in good quality wigs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the lifespan of those now. I know when to turf them if they're no good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things that I've I've mm. learned along the way, and I think that's all been like it's definitely due to the community because you can post your questions, but it's also yeah. due to trial and error and yeah and time and acceptance and yeah definitely. So if there was someone out there that's listening today who mm-hmm. might have recently been diagnosed with alopecia or you know, um, have been living with it for a while, what what would you, you know, what would you have for advice for them or what would you like them to know? I think there's so much that I wish I could go back and tell um, myself, especially like after a breakup thinking that no one's going to want you if you're bald. Yeah. Um, that was like a huge part of, of how I met my partner on the dating app. So yeah. it's definitely possible. You can definitely do it. But I think the biggest thing is is getting to know yourself and attaching as little as possible um, to your identity that is um, physical. Yeah. So you are more than your hair, you're more than your lashes, you're more than your eye colour or, yeah. or your appearance at all. And that you are beautiful. Everyone's unique in their own way and you should celebrate your uniqueness and, yeah, there's a lot of self-love activities that you should get involved in and, and do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really nice. Mm. And like I've said before, I think there's going to be so many people who are going to listen to this and um, really gain something from it. Yeah. And a lot of people that are going to learn as well about what yeah. alopecia is, which will help people to understand and um, not make jokes like Chris Rock. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. That was um, not a good one. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we're able to talk about it because, you know, the best way for progress and removal of stigma and things like that is for people to open up the lines of communication. Yeah, definitely. So then we've gone through that and um, life goes on. It does, day by day. (laughs) Um, And then you have recently you found um, a lump in your breast. Yeah. So would you like to take us to the start of that? Um, Girl, you've been through so much. So much. (laughs) So, whoa, this is going to be a bit emotional. Sorry. That's all right. Um, Yep, so just in the shower, just a regular day, and I thought, oh, that's a bit funny. Um, Just found like a little lump. I had had a child, so I stopped breastfeeding for about six months. So I, I thought that your breasts change and stuff in that, so I didn't think anything of it, thought it might be a blocked tear duct or, or something like tear duct, milk duct. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be a blocked milk duct. Um, so didn't think anything of it, went to the doctor and they weren't too fussed either um, but put on, put me on to a... Hmm. Mammogram? No. no. Ultrasound. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, so the doctor the doctor referred me to, um, to get a ultrasound um, and then I just, I knew because they can't legally say anything to you in the chair, but just their yeah. faces. I'm like, oh, that's, 
that's not a block a blocked milk duct. Oh. Um so, so you were at the scan still yeah. and you were watching them looking at the scan. Yeah, yeah. And you could tell something was definitely up. Oh, that's fucked. Um <laughs> and then it's I felt really sorry for them because they their whole demeanor changed and then she got the manager in and then they're like, Okay, you need to book into your doctor straight away. I'm like, Oh, okay, something's Yeah. Something's happened there. And yeah, from then I had to go get a biopsy and again this whole whirlwind of appointments and things yeah. and medical terminology that I didn't really know. Um and yeah, so it was diagnosed with a stage three breast cancer. Yeah. Um that yeah. Within that week, so. Within a week. Mm, yeah, it was a big week. <laughs> that is, like, it's, that's just so fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was just in one? Yeah, yeah, just in the left breast. Um, yeah. And so from that I had, I had, I started chemo pretty much yeah. as soon as I was diagnosed within that week, chemo had started. Yeah. So I you, was very lucky that I could just get into all the appointments that I could. Yeah. Because um, usually there's like a five-week waiting period. So okay. I was having chemo by the time other people were waiting just to get a ultrasound. Yeah. And in that week, though, you had to make a lot of decisions very mm. quickly, right? Yeah, yeah. very rushed. <laughs> yeah. So that would have been like just so stressful, yeah. so many things you had to decide in a very small amount of time. Yeah. So many appointments with so people many appointments. using so many large words. I think you said, was, did you say that you started recording what the doctor had said? Oh, no, I took my partner in. Oh. <laughs> so He's I, pretty much a recording. He is a recorder and it's something that's quite funny because I always, I always say he asks too many questions. So you don't need to ask that many questions. <laughs> and now I needed him there to ask yeah. <laughs> all the questions that I was too just overwhelmed to ask. So, yeah, yeah, he I took him in with me, which was, again, really lucky because I didn't know if I could with yeah. COVID. Yeah. Um, so he was there the whole time asking yeah. questions and <laughs> absorbing information. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. people are always going to have slightly different questions as well and, you know, you would have been sat there trying to just, like, download and understand everything as yeah. it's being said to you. So having that extra person there to not only support but also, yeah, ask those questions and remember different parts would have been very, very helpful. Yeah, yeah, very helpful. So you Thanks. started. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Aiden. <laughs> and then you started chemo. Yeah, yeah. What was that like and how long was that for? So I started chemo, was doing it weekly um, for 10 weeks. And then yeah. I changed up medication and, and went on to a very higher dose, which um, really rocked me. And that was every two weeks for six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And so you had the port in. Yeah. And yeah. that stayed in the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where they administer all the yeah. all the fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but you met some people at chemo as well, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So again, like with the community that mm -hmm. I built on Instagram with my alopecia, it was comforting having someone in real time going through all this as well with me. I joined a um, young breast cancer in Adelaide page on Facebook. Yeah. Um, which has been really, 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 really comforting just knowing that if I had any questions about like my side effects or anything that I was going through, if other people were going through that, if that's normal. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just to have somewhere to vent and someone to yeah. talk to that 
completely understood the, yeah. the situation. Someone who'd been through it or was going through it. And going through it. Can understand in a different way than I could, for example, yeah. as much yeah. as I'd be there. <laughs> to support you no matter what, there's a different understanding yeah. for sure. Yeah. So after you finished the second round of chemo, then what decisions did you have to make next? Um, so after that, um, I was booked in to get a mastectomy. Yeah. Um, so just a full mastectomy of my left breast and then and I always say this wrong, I say auxiliary <laughs> clearance. I've probably said that wrong. I'm sorry. All the <laughs> I medical can't people. help because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the removal of all the lymph nodes um, under your armpit. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay, so then um, how long has it been now since you had the mastectomy? Uh, so it's been four weeks, five yeah. weeks tomorrow actually. So, and how is the recovery going? Yeah, it's been um, slow but everything seems to be going really well. Okay, I've got a lot more movement in my arm before I couldn't really raise it above my shoulder. Yeah. Um, so there's just been little exercises and stuff that I've had to do with that. And your son has been practising those with yes, you. Yes, yes, my little <laughs> two-year-old video. boy. <laughs> yeah, so just been doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's next? Um, so next from here I've still got um, like a little bit of chemo to go for 12 months, so mm-hmm. I'll keep the port in um, and then just get some chemo every three weeks for the next 12 months yeah yeah oh I start reading <laughs> I was like isn't there something else girl yeah, I forgot. <laughs> it's hard chemo You've brain had is a real <laughs> <laughs> um I start radiotherapy I believe next week so yeah. it's kind of like um an x-ray type thing to kill all the cells that may yeah have been missed um the really small tiny ones that no one can pick up yeah so it's a lot. It is a lot. You've had yeah. a lot to deal with since <laughs> I've had that. a lot. And because when were you diagnosed? Oh, that's a good question. Timeline. In um, November last year. Right. So it's yeah. been, what, six, uh, like seven. Seven. Very seven to eight months. Fast, full on months. Absolutely. <laughs> Where it, at times felt like time had stood still, but it has gone really quickly. <laughs> yeah. So obviously that is so much mm. to take in and a try lot. and deal with. How has your mental health held out throughout this process? Uh, well, there's definitely been like ups and downs. I always say yeah. to everyone it's been a massive roller coaster. But from my previous experience with losing all my hair and all the lessons that I learned from from that journey, um, they really helped me in yeah. in this way. So in a way, I guess alopecia was a blessing. <laughs> yeah, like the resilience that you would have built having gone through what you did with the alopecia would have been such a great tool for you to have had yeah, definitely. now having to go through everything with the cancer. Yeah, and just um, stuff that I, like I'm more self-aware of when my um, like mental health is down and I know sort of like the triggers Mm-hmm. Um, that I can go, when I can go seek help, where to seek help. Yeah, and just the little stuff like listening to happy songs and yeah. surrounding yourself with really loving, happy people. Mm-hmm. Oh, happy is not the right word, but just surrounding yourself with people yeah. that love and support you um, is, is very important. Yeah. Because there's definitely times that with my alopecia journey, there's lessons that I've learned that things didn't work for me. So certain ways that I approached things and certain ways that I approached people didn't work well for me. So I've learnt lessons from that and, yeah, it, it seems like I've handled 
I've got more emotional maturity now than when I did when I was diagnosed with alopecia. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's beautifully said. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> Fantastic. So how can we, um, like as society or like how can we as the layperson just better to better support a friend or family member who might be going through either something like alopecia or something like cancer or just mental health in general? I just love your opinion. <laughs> yeah, I think the best thing you can do is just check in on them and whether that is just a message being like, hey, thinking of you or like I have a friend that like life is busy and yeah. people have kids and their own things going on. Um, but she'll just give me a call between like dropping her kids off at school just to check in every now and then to see how I'm doing. Um, in saying that, I've learnt that you've got to take a lot of responsibility on yourself um, and accept help when it is offered, Mm -hmm. um, which was, I think, a big thing for me, Um, especially with the cancer journey. I've definitely learnt to accept help and (laughs) I've definitely learnt to accept help more than I ever have. I think for some reason, like, in general, we don't like to accept help. It's like... I don't know, like, we just want to be like, no, I'm strong, I can do yeah. this on my own, I don't need anything. But, like, we're meant to live, like, as, like, within a society. Yeah, like, we're supposed definitely. to live with other people and accept help and, you know, help each other to grow. So I don't know why we're so opposed to doing mm, that. Yeah. Take my help. Yeah, I guess I've always been, like, an independent person. Yeah. Um, And I guess people like things done a certain way, but... Yeah, you've got to let down a lot of your guards and let yeah. people in because yeah. they do care. They mm-hmm. And some people don't know the right things to say and I think that's what I've learnt through both journeys is that everything comes from a good place. So yeah. even if they say something that you'd probably think, ooh, that's not a nice thing to say, like especially with cancer, people bring up everyone that they've known ever to have cancer. I'm like, oh, okay, that's not beneficial to me <laughs> at all. But I appreciate where it's coming from. It's all yeah. coming from a place of love. Um, and I guess I'd rather them say something, whether that be like comforting or not, than not say anything at all. Yeah, than yeah. to like awkwardly ignore it. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think, yeah, people do sometimes say things that maybe aren't the best thing to yeah. say, but that you know that they're, they're not trying. doing that yeah. intentionally yeah. and they're just trying to help. But, mm. you know, it's, imperfect help is better than no than help no at help. all. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> always reach out and always, you know, ask your friend if they're okay. or you And know. if you're ever in a moment where you're thinking, should I reach out or, nah, don't worry about it, just reach out, even if it's just a message, just being like, hey, thinking of you. Yeah. That's all you need to do. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Looking back now with hindsight at this path that you've been down Mm. and you have been through so much in the last few years, how do you feel about it? How do you feel about that path? Mm, That's a tricky one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I I definitely think that life can throw you some curveballs and they're completely not your fault whatsoever and, and they can be quite um, out of the blue and unexpected. Mm. Um, but the best thing to do is is to gain some self-awareness and, like, prepare yourself emotionally for the bad times and, and allow yourself to feel those bad times without unpacking and, and living there in, in the darkness and the depression, yeah. um, which 
um, all falls down to the steps that you take after these big life events happen to you. So know what to do, I guess. Know that there is help. Know that there's people that love and care about you and there's like small little lifestyle changes that you can make um, Mm -hmm. every day just to get by. Yeah. Okay. Is that okay? That was lovely. (laughs) (laughs) So I would like to say that in hindsight looking back along the path that you've been down, Mm. I could not be more proud. Oh, stop it. (laughs) I'm going to cry. Like the... You, the per, like you've always been an amazing person, but to have watched you have gone through not only one but now two extremely challenging <laughs> life situations and maintain the level of, you know, I would use the word happiness because, <laughs> yeah. like, you still exude happiness, especially through those, those times, <laughs> even though at times you might not have felt it. Yeah. You are one of the kindest and most giving people that I know, and I'm just so, so proud of everything that you've done. And now I'm going to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I know that the rest Join of... Join the whole together. <laughs> I know that the rest of the, the Wednesday co-girls Wednesday night girls would be mirroring exactly what I say and that I'm so proud to be your friend and I just love you so much and I'm just so happy (laughs) that we are doing life together (laughs) thank you very much that was very overwhelmingly kind thing to say I'm I'm a mess now, so thank you. Sorry, I'm but I'm not sorry. I'm going to cry off my eyelashes. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> be careful. <laughs> so, Zoe, if anyone would like to find you on Instagram, how how would you like them to do that? Uh, yep, so my Instagram is alopecian underscore Z, and mm-hmm. you'll see um, me and a lot of my um, sort of fleeting moments and thoughts yeah. that I have throughout this whole journey. Um, yeah. Yeah, lots so of follow me. raw and honest <laughs> stuff going raw. on there. And maybe a picture of my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Just one. You had to say goodbye to Lefty. Yeah, the lovely lefty. boobs. <laughs> See you, Lefty. There's some really cool reels and some mm. transition-y stuff in there and I just think it's, yeah, especially if you are someone who's going through something as well, like definitely jump on there and, and have a look and you'll find some Great, great stuff. <laughs> great thoughts. You're amazing. Thank you. You're amazing. Thanks for all that you're doing Aww. for everything. And even this feels like a mini therapy session. Aww. Just chatting it out. Good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me in my kitchen and thank coming you. over on a Thanks Sunday evening. Thanks for having evening. me. Very much appreciated. And I'm looking forward to everything that we have coming for us in the future. Me Bloody too. Bloody yeah. Love you, Zoe. Love you too. All Bye. right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Doey. <laughs> if you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. Even better, if you know someone who might benefit from listening to it, please tell them all about it. You'll find more information from today's episode in the show notes. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on High Tide, Low Tide, please email me at lisa, spelled L-E-E-S-A, at hightidelowtideau.com or DM me on Instagram at hightidelowtideau. See you next time.